Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It is the 10th of May, 2022. This is the COB, the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets and crypto, I suppose, today and startups, everything to do with uh, your money and markets. I'm Nadine Blaney and I'm here with... Colorado, welcome to the COB. Thank you. First time. I can't wait. All right. Well, let's get into it because what a day that we have to speak of. When you and I were on air live at 10 o'clock, I mean, it was looking... Grim. I think you used the term bloodbath. Yeah, well, I mean, it was very red, um, so I guess it was probably appropriate, but, you know, dip by, swoop in, I suppose. Maybe there is some value in the markets. Maybe we're seeing a turnaround Tuesday. Obviously, we're starting to see some indications, so... Here we here we find ourselves. We find ourselves with after the market being down by more than two percent at one stage early in the session, the S and P ASX two hundred finished off by yeah a painful one percent, but still could have been worse. I'm going to be the optimist today, Kyle. Usually am. I uh, spend a lot of time in this little room with uh, our colleague David Scott. God love him. Yes, we'll see him tomorrow. But um, yeah, sometimes I've got to bring the optimism to the table. Absolutely, every perma Ben is a perma Paul. Right? Yeah. Well. I don't know if I'm a perfect bull because I got a bit concerned when we saw the local market dip below that 7,000 level, but it finished at 7,051. So for you, you know, those key psychological levels, I mean, would it have been a pretty bad sign if we had closed below 7,000, say? I think that would have invited some more sellers through the market without a doubt. And you did see a very big level of support being tested and respected. And that's where the bounce kind of began. So like I said, sentiment does seem to be turning a little bit. And there's a lot of noise in these markets at the moment. So, you know, with the rising interest rates and concerns about China, clearly the moves in the market today were very much indicative about those growth concerns. You don't want to necessarily close the chapter on this sell-off. But you know, buyers swip through those dip buys as, uh, as we call them and push the market higher above that 7,000 7, level. So, you know, you might say that is uh, a bit of a sign that there is that significant level of support there. Now, we know each other fairly well, but you're mm. getting to know each other better. And you'll know then that I have a little bit of a soft spot for small companies. Yes. Um, and when I saw the Russell 2000 last night down by 4.2%, I mean, that was a bloodbath, really indicative of some questions about not just rates and not just what that does to, to discount rates, et cetera, but also just real concerns about economic growth. But today here locally, I mean, the small ORDS index was down by nine-tenths of a percent, actually outperforming the broader market. The Emerging Companies Index was down a more significant one and a half percent, but still, it could have been much worse. And... Um, I spoke with Claude Walker from A Rich Life today on the Small Caps program, and he gave me sort of some rules of thumb for when small cap growth companies start to tank. So the kind Ooh. of companies that you need to avoid. Yes. He warned that some companies will go bankrupt. You know, those are the ones that you want to get out of now. I thought so. And he gave an idea, actually, a small cap growth company that he's still very comfortable being invested in. That's my tease. If you'd like to know Claude Walker's 
rule of thumbs, rules of thumb, I guess, for when small cap growth companies tank. You can access that via the show notes. Mm, um, very timely. We just had a, a good conversation with Martin Crabb great from conversation. Sean Partners. Always have great conversations. Yeah. So fan. seems to me as if they're still pretty comfortable being defensive. It would seem to be the case. And the word stagflation was thrown around a little bit too. It's like what you just just said about some of the um, indicators we're getting about economic growth is that this isn't just a story about inflation now and the Fed tightening. There are concerns about what's happening in China. Sarah Hunter spoke about that as well. Concerns about what's happening in Europe. The R word's getting thrown around a little bit. So the fact that we saw bond yields down and again, the commodity players really leading the market lower. This is a market also concerned about growth now. And, you know, like you said, um, uh, at Shore and Partners, they seem to be staying reasonably defensive because of that, you know, big stagflationary risk. But not everybody is. So there are quite a few guests that we speak with. So market participants, professional investors that are you know, dipping their toes into the water. So we spoke with Heath Moss from HLM Investments. Uh, We've got a good interview with him on where do you park your money when global equities are in free fall. He names some companies that he's happy to start buying. Mm. Nibbling seems to be the word of the month here at Ausbiz, but yeah, yeah, some companies... Cautious Nibble, I think it was. Yeah, Cautious Nibble that you can get into. And also Ordmanet's David Lane. So he talked about, you know, where up to opportunistic ASX investors can look to, yeah, I guess make some money when the sun's being, well, clouded a bit. I think so. And I think that's a really good thing to remember too when it comes to being a market participant is that, you know, we sort of report on these big headline numbers and there's the narrative overall, but not everyone's in the market for the same reason and they're not necessarily looking at the same time frame. So, you know, if you're a quarterly money, a money manager getting assessed quarterly or annually, or you're a short-term trader, things can get pretty painful. But, you know, if like Scott Phillips yesterday was talking about, your horizon might be five, ten years, whatever it happens to be, these are the opportunities that um, unearth some, you know, really good names and, you know, some of the people you were just mentioning before were suggesting that maybe those opportunities opportunities exist right now. Yeah, you can listen to those interviews. You can access them via your show notes too, or just go to the website, osbiz.com.au. It's it's pretty easy to do. Search it up. Um, look, but Kashi sort of stuck with the theme of the day, and that is where do you go for shelter when times are turbulent? So instead of the stock of the day, he asked both of his guests, Rudy Philippic van Dyke from FN Arena and also Henry Jennings from Marcus Today, what stocks or what uh, what would they buy if markets continued to tank so let's listen in you want to have a uh, some safety in this market my view has always been you have some gold in your portfolio people would, would probably have noticed gold doesn't really perform very well so far in 2022 yeah there's very good reasons for that it's called the u.s bond market yeah uh, but in, in in if the the the, the fears that are um, that are now gripping this market. If they come to fruition and we will have a recession, uh, right. bull markets will move the other way. And uh, most importantly, gold will start performing then. On my buy list is my old alma mater, which is Macquarie Group. Now, these guys got pummeled after the results, I have to say. And the results were pretty good. Now, the market has come to the conclusion that this is the um, as good as it gets moment, that Macquarie has hit peak earnings, peak Macquarie. But if you look at the market and you look at Macquarie, they are so highly correlated. These guys are very good at risk management. They've made a mozza in uh, in global markets, in commodities especially. For my money, if you can get Macquarie around 175 bucks, mm. uh, you know, that that's not a bad proxy for a bounce in the market. So there you have it. 
couple of things to buy when times are looking a bit iffy. I'm keeping an eye out for them. So we had that NAB business survey out today. And yep. what we saw, business conditions rising strongly in April. That really hard hit services space enjoyed a recovery from... You know, still coronavirus, which means remains, you know, remains a concern. Mm. Um, but cost pressures, I mean, that was really what stood out to me. And it kind of jives with some of the conversation that I've had with CEOs lately. I spoke with the CEO of Spirit Telecom today, and he was saying, look, um, thankfully, in his view, they can increase their prices. So he has put out some price increases, plans to do more because they do need to offset the rising uh, cost environment that they find themselves in. That's right. I mean, the the survey itself was interesting. We did see that headline number drop, but overall it remains above its long-term average. And I think that was the key takeaway that, especially when we were talking to guests today, is that cost pressures are rising, but at the moment at least, businesses are able to maintain their margins by passing that on. And of course, we're seeing that effect on inflation. I think the real interesting thing is, you know, again, gathering from what we've spoken to, to people about today, is how long can that actually last before the consumer starts to really push back and stop spending. But so far, you know, the economy looks reasonably solid. You know, th- there was a drop in that headline number, but overall businesses aren't feeling too bad by the looks of things. Yeah, that's positive. I'm going to take that positive, put it in my cap and move on <laughs> from the NAB business survey. Uh, you know, the reality is we're all hanging out waiting for this US inflation rate yes. to come through. We are. And it looks like it's going to moderate a little bit. And I think, you know, going back to what Martin Crabb was talking about this evening, uh, this afternoon, it was really talking bond yields may have peaked. Maybe we're starting to see peak inflation in the United States. And a lot of this fear has already been baked into the market and portfolio managers starting to move uh, ahead of that as well. So the problem is, I guess, it's doing such a volatile print. We're so used to the data overshooting expectations that everyone walks into this with a lot of trepidation, a lot of nervousness. But, you know, really, it's the probably marquee event for the week. We've got all the Fed speakers coming out as well to sort of colour things. But, you know, at the end of the day, the the story is about US inflation um, and, you know, Fed policy and, you know, I guess the markets and investors are going to live, live or die by those numbers. So it could be a pretty interesting 24 hours. Oh, I think so. And uh, yeah, to your point, we've got a whole heap of Fed speakers out tonight. Um, in terms of uh, what well, the data we're still expecting, we'll get the NFIB Small Business Index in the United States. So again, I reckon we'll be hearing a bit about costs and yep. how that's impacting um, demand, of course, as well. We get the Zoo Economic Sentiment read out of Europe. Yeah, and looking like a big contraction there as well. Very ugly. Yeah, lots of people are raising, really raising the red flag over the um, European and British economies. I mean, yep. when you take the UK, I mean, yes, it's uh, broader macro, it's rates, yep. but it's also Brexit. Sarah yep. Hunter touched upon that. You know, yep. we don't talk about it a lot, but no, still. No, these things are so slow moving, right? It's like that proverbial, you know, frog in the beaker. you you kind of gotten used to the last five or six years of the changes of, of Brexit, but, you know, they're being felt and they're, they're starting to weigh on the UK economy and, and probably are a bit inflationary as well. Mm-hmm. And um, in Europe, you know, we're talking about ECB rate hikes, I believe by July now, starting to be priced yep. in. Yep. Um, so a real change in, in regime coming through. Now, as far as uh, what we can expect here tomorrow, NAB is trading ex-div, ResMed is trading ex-div. Yeah. Look, we'll be speaking with the CEO of Grain Corp tomorrow. It's out with its half-yearly results. That'll be interesting. whole heap of great guests. I know we're going to be obsessing about inflation. Um, and then after that, I guess we'll be talking about the wages index that's out next week tomorrow here there's always something in that macro world we can be obsessing about and speaking to every guest about um but look i I, you gotta say kyle while the big u.s earnings reports are out like anything 
anything can really happen in this upcoming session. Like we've seen through this Asian session, I mean, Chinese markets as we speak are in positive territory. U.S. futures have turned around. Bitcoin has lifted 5%. Like, it, it's, it all can change in the space of a few hours. Yeah, risk on apparently if you were to have a look at those indicators, but you're absolutely right. I mean, at the end of the day, we're in a macroeconomic var- environment where growth is slowing down, inflation's going up, and interest rates are being lifted. And every data point from a macroeconomic point of view feeds into, into that narrative and drives this kind of volatility. And I mean, the thing that I think I really took away was, you know, right off the bat coming in this morning is that you get all of these divergent views from strategists and commentators as to what's going on, whether we've hit a turning point where we've got further to go, what's driving what. And this kind of confusion in the market really just speaks to the fact that no one really has a great deal of confidence mm-hmm. as to what's going on. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you have uncertainty, you have volatility, and, and here we are. So that's the name of the game. Here we are. And I love when people can say, look... I do know that Polynova was the biggest percentage gainer today, up by 14.5%. I do know that the biggest loser today was AUB. It was down 11%. That's after it completed the institutional component of its $350 million capital raise. It wants to buy a competing entity um, after that. Uh, yeah, there, there were, you know, the list was long. I'm not, I said it on air, I'm going to sugarcoat it. It wasn't a great day for stocks overall, particularly no. those in the materials space, but... It could have been worse. Could have been worse. Could have been worse. Kyle, I hope you have a good evening. Same to you. See you tomorrow.